there. Let's look in, our, in the Bible here, in the scriptures, as we continue this promise of an intimate pattern of prayer. And today I want to talk to you about how a proper prayer, a proper praying leads to big discoveries. Proper praying actually can lead to some really big discoveries in the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 3, and I'm going to use this as a, as a springboard, there's no way we could cover all the things in this in the in the scripture, but I want to talk to you about that last the last phrase. Paul says in Ephesians chapter three, verses seventeen to nineteen, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And that's what I want us to talk about today, that you may be filled to the, full, to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow. What is, that is the goal. God's goal for us is to have a, a measure of his fullness. I don't really know what that is. I got to tell you, I don't know what that is. I don't know if I will ever, ever know until I, until I see him. But I know that I, I need more of his fullness. There's more things I need to discover about the Lord. And prayer, proper prayer leads to some big discoveries. You know, I vividly remember the day when I turned 50. I do. Yeah, that was 15 years ago. But I remember the day when I turned 50 because my father had some wise advice for me. You know what he said to me? He said, David, he said, uh, you will now discover that you will have to begin more consciously taking better care of yourself physically and medically. That's what he told me. He said, David, you're, you're 50. Now that means you got to start buckling down on taking better care of yourself. Yeah. And I just thought, well, thank you, Dad. You know, I don't know what that magic, what's, what's magic about 50. But you know what? I found out that he is right. My goodness. And I found out from some medical people that he is right. Maybe he found that out from them. I, do, I don't know. But uh, the next day, of course, the one day after 50, I didn't really notice any difference. And maybe even six months. But you know what? I did start to slowly notice goodness sake, that I noticed more aches and pains uh, surfacing af after a normal activity. I thought, what's this about? And, uh, you know, that things that used to be easy to do, doctors telling me it was now time for a routine exam or this special test or this colonoscopy, our favorite, <laughs> your favorite and mine, right? Um, you know, and all, all, all of a sudden I had these new things in my life that I had to start taking that, you know, vitamins and, and some supplements, you know, and not going too crazy on those things because you can go nuts and, and break your bank on that, can't you? But, but um, um, I tell you, as the years progressed, I've noticed I, that my children are even more protective over me now. And, uh, you know, me and Becky, they're, you know, and when I'm with my father, who's 93, and uh, he's becoming more challenging, bless his heart. Uh, but uh, he considers me young. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so relative, isn't it? He, he, he considers me young. When I'm with my kids, they consider me old. You know, it's so funny how they'll be protective. I love it. There, is, there are some real uh, benefits to that. I'll tell you, when we go camping in the Canadian wilderness, when it comes to carrying all the camping gear, I love it when I hear the boys say, hey, Dad, let me carry that. It's too heavy for you. <laughs> I love that. 
I love that. They do that too. They say, Dad, you can't carry that. And I actually could. But uh, I mean, I may, I may feel a pain tomorrow, but I, 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 I can carry it. And um, they're always watching out for me. You know, they hear a splash. They think I've fallen in. Dad, you okay? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. But um, the point is, life changes. I change. Life circumstances change around me and circumstances in me change. It's just the way life is. Um, we can no longer, you know, eat two bowls of ice cream every night without seeing it show up in ways that don't look very becoming. You know, uh, at least that's my that's, that's what I say. <laughs> we see the necessity of uh, stopping some activities that are too stressful on us and beginning new things to help us maintain a better health. Well, it's because we're so complex. We're a complex creation, loved ones, to be sure. Uh, uniquely fashioned by, by Almighty God. We're designed with real visible parts, as we can see, and we're also designed with some invisible parts that are just as real. In 1 Thessalonians, you know this verse quite well, chapter 5, verse 23 to 24, Paul says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit soul and body <laughs> be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it notice Paul says that we're a very complex creation there he says we're made up of body a soul and a spirit three three uh, one one visible two invisible we're a very complex creation and we need to we, we, we know we need to maintenance our bodies we know, I mean, we should or we're going to suffer. We have to, we have to start doing things differently after 50, right? We have to, we can't do what all we want to do. Um, even Jack LaLanne, some of you remember Jack LaLanne, the old, ex or the old exercise guru. He, he finally died, you know, uh, of, I think, heart trouble or pneumonia or something, you know. But, but Jack, he, he, even in all his, his, his wrinkled skin and his, and his you know, you know, not quite as strong muscles as he used to have, he finally succumbed to, to uh, this world's uh, curse. But, um, but we know that circumstances change on our body. And as disciples of Jesus, we understand that God's will for us is to consecrate our bodies. You know, as we think about caring for our bodies, we, we know there's a physical care, but we also know there's a spiritual care for our bodies that we are supposed to be living sacrifices. Um, we consecrate ourselves to God. Uh, we, we say, Lord, we set apart our hands and we set apart our eyes and our ears and our mouth and, and um, set apart our feet. We set apart everything about us, all that we know. Say, Lord, these belong to you. These, these are your, this, this body that you gave me, this gift. It's a wonderful gift. Don't look at it as something to throw in the river when it's done. It's a great gift that God's given you, your body. Yeah, it's going to be transformed someday. But don't, don't, don't talk it down. Don't look at it as saying, this, this piece of trash, just throw it in the river when I'm done. No, no, no. It's a holy thing. This body of yours is holy because you've dedicated it to God. And, and Lord, this is, this is a holy vessel you've given me, and so I want to be sure that these hands are always used in the way that Jesus would use them. These eyes are always used in a way that what Jesus would do. This, these words, 
this mouth, this tongue. You know, the boy Jesus. That's what living sacrifice is all about. That's what being, that's what consecrating your body to the Lord is all about, is, isn't it? Yeah. So, you know, Paul says, sancti- we know we, we grow in, in sanctification, but that God may, may God sanctify us, may He set us apart. And what you find out is that things you used to watch when you were first saved that didn't bother you, as you walk with the Lord, you find out that, especially as you become understanding of what more of a living sacrifice is all about and what consecration is all about, you find out that all of a sudden you get smarter and you think, you know what, that's not a good thing for me to watch. You know, you start maturing. You start growing up. You're no longer a baby Christian. Eh, I really shouldn't watch that. I'm not going to. That's, that's detrimental to me. You know, I used to talk about that person that way. I don't really think I should talk about them anymore like that. You know, it's a sign that you're growing. It's a sign that, that you're discovering God, bigger discoveries, b- bigger things that God has for you, loved ones. And those same principles apply to those invisible qualities you possess too, those of your soul and spirit. And, and again, I don't know where the soul and spirit part of me divide and where they merge. I know Probably the soul has something to do with my emotions, maybe some of my personality, and my spirit has that part of me that is intertwined in there that is able to hear God and able to communicate with God. You know, I, I and my mind is in there too, some some place understanding the understanding the, you know the will of God, and and there's we're we're really com, complex, but I but I know that those things have to be maintained. And that I need to take a special effort as a Christian to make sure that realizing that God's given me this, my soul, my spirit, my body, to use to glorify Him. So Lord, help me to grow in a way that honors you more and more. And when we do that, prayer is a big part of that. And we are going to discover some great things about, oh... We're going to discover great, great things that God has in store for us. Paul says in Philippians chapter 2, he says, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. My ones, you know, you and I have souls, again, like I said, filled with emotion and personality and uh, um, spirits that are everlasting. They're able to hear from the Heavenly Father. And again, we are called to called as part of our labor in Jesus to maintenance those features that God has given us as well. And again, he says that God, Paul says that God's goal for us is that we might be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then the next verse says this, now to him who is able to immeasurably do more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work in us. Paul is connecting this, this filling or this acquiring of more and more the fullness of God to prayer. Did you see that? Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that has worked within us. So prayer, again, as we've been talking about it, is like, it's kind of like we're building, uh, that's what we're doing, an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And loved ones, it seems like with prayer, we tend to think small. 
uh, when we when prayer is a drudgery to us and again or just a duty to check off and I hope that we've talked about that extensively when it becomes that way it's almost like you're willing you're satisfied with building a small hut when prayer is just a drudgery or a duty to check off um, it's like you're satisfied with building a small hut something to stay in uh, you know something to keep the rain off of you and the, the storms of life on the other side of the wall and maybe you can build a little fire in there so you can stay warm and maybe have something to eat but when prayer is that way it's like the Lord says well I'm blessing you as much as I can you're satisfied with a small hut yeah, you're, you're, you're praying a little. You're, you're praying some. You haven't learned how much I want to give you. How much I want to show you who I am as your Heavenly Father if you would just practice prayer. If you just do the simple things that I have, I have taught you through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, if you and I want to begin building beyond that grass hut level of prayer intimacy with our Heavenly Father, we must simply realize that we have to begin doing something different because we are different in life now. Things have changed as we've gotten getting older and, and uh, we need to draw closer to Him and He will draw closer to us. Remember what James says, come near to God and He will come near to you. And uh, so on the authority of God's promise there in James chapter 4 verse 8 if you seek to get closer to your heavenly father if you just simply obey what Jesus is teaching us about prayer you will discover he's already coming closer to you let's begin to look at some of these tips and I'll try to get down through these quickly we saw last week that learning to pray is part of our discipleship that prayer is an expression of your spiritual life your commitment to getting to know God better prayer doesn't save you it doesn't save you. That, uh, that only faith in Jesus' death and resurrection do that. But prayer, when done properly, increases our love for the Lord. And it's helpful to think of uh, beginning each day as like, as like a, as a beginning of a, like a, like a, a, new, a, a new day, a, a blank sheet of paper, so to speak, before any problems occur. You can give the first part of your day to the Lord in reading His Word and in prayer be it five minutes ten minutes be an hour whatever whatever level you're at is starting offering him the first fruits of your day before any other issues of the day occur welcomes him to walk with you through all the blessings or all the hardships of, of the day doesn't it so begin fresh begin fresh in the morning like Jesus often did second of all you know what learn endeavor to begin a habitual a habitual uh, routine making prayer a special practice between you and God. Think of it as, as a, what it really is. That it's a special practice between you and God. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus informs his loved ones that the Father wants to be alone with us. He wants you to quiet yourself and you know that's why the beginning of the day is the best before all the noise of the day begins getting alone with God in prayer helps us to be less self-conscious you know when you're with other people 
and you're self-conscious about how you pray. You don't want to pray out loud. And so when you're alone with, with God, you can pray any way you want. You know, uh, uh, no one's going to judge you. God isn't waiting to be impressed by you. We've learned that. He doesn't, he's not looking for uh, a lot of words, a lot of fancy words. He's just looking for a humble spirit, ready to glorify Him, ready to worship Him in spirit and truth. And He's not looking for fancy words, just honest words and sincere, truthful words. So God knows what you do in private with Him is really from your heart. So that's why He wants to be alone with you. Just get alone with Him. Loved ones, one thing I've discovered, I've discovered this about my ability to pray, that when we surrender to our Heavenly Father, He comes into our course, He comes into our body, the body, the Bible tells us, comes into our soul, comes into our spirit. He actually dwells within us. The Lord actually dwells within us. The book of Revelation says He writes His name on us even. It's a spiritual name. He writes His his name and there's an invisible name on us where the devil knows who God's people are because God labels us that we belong to Him. You know, and uh, he makes his home with us, uh, by, uh, Jesus said in John chapter 14, that he makes his home with us through his Holy Spirit. And in the strictest sense, let me think, think about this with me. In the strictest sense, this is not the church. You know that, don't you? This building we're in, it's unfortunate we call it the church. I know there's no way we can stop doing that. But um, George Fox, who was a Quaker, uh, what, back in the 1600s, started the Friends Movement, the Quaker Movement. He refused to call the building the church because he said, no, we can't call it the church because this is the church right here. We are the church, not this building. And um, he called there, he said, this is a gathering place for the church. Yeah, that's really the most accurate way. But, again, I'm not going to split hairs over that. But, but the point is, is that uh, when we think of the church as a building, we, 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 may, we may lose the, the significance of what it really means to be the church, is that the church means that we are God's temple, and that God actually lives within us. And that when we leave here from this gathering place, we, the church, disperse out in the world. And we are carrying God around with us. He's with us. He dwells within us. We are his temple. We are his house. We are his vessel. We are his abiding place, the Bible tells us. We carry the Godhead around with us wherever we go. Whether we're at school, whether we're at work, whether we're at the store. Our Heavenly Father is always with us. And listen to this. We have access to him continually. We have access to Him continually. We don't have to just pray in our special secret place in the morning. That when we make that a habit and doing that, it's a great springboard to begin taking God to know that God is, we can access Him any time of the day, wherever we're at. Even on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Even, even uh, you know, even uh, during some of the hard times where things are falling apart, you're carrying Him with you. And you have access to the Father. You can call upon His name. Yeah. Having a sacred place to get alone with your Heavenly Father will just cause you, though, to be able to, to better access and fellowship with Him through the day. Well, you know, you might ask, you know, um, you might ask this, does it matter if I kneel, Pastor, if I sit, if I stand, or if I lie down flat and raise my hands, or I need to clasp my hands, or I need to fold my hands, um, open my eyes, close my eyes, or I need to raise my head, or I need to bow, bow my head? When you pray, 
Well, first of all, realize this. The Bible doesn't teach us you know, those positions of prayer necessarily, like what, what they do every time. Just remember that all of those things that I mentioned, those are all acceptable ways, positions of prayer. How do we, how we use our bodies? Remember, God gave us our body. And so we're to pray with our body as well. Yeah. You know, there's, there's times in our hearts are overcome with, with love and admiration for our Creator. And it's proper and good for us just with eyes wide open to look up into heaven and with tears streaming down our face, praise His name. Yeah. That we're allowed to express ourselves to God whatever way our body wants to express itself, its emotional self to God. There's no say, well, we got to kneel down and pray. No. If that's, if that's what your heart is telling you to do, yes. But maybe you might want to walk around and pray. You know? C.S. Lewis said, uh, he said this. He said sometimes, he said that he was so busy at times, uh, he says that he would pray on park benches. He'd pray walking around neighborhoods. He sometimes would pray on the train, you know? <laughs> yeah. I find out that Sometimes when I'm, if suddenly I'm overcome with, with joy and I'm weeping, I'm so self-conscious about my tears that I'm quick to wipe them off because, you know, I don't want people to see my, my emotions. But when I'm alone with God, the tears stay. They stay. Because I know He doesn't, He doesn't mind. You know. So, Whatever way your body is, the way you want to express yourself to God, use your body to do that. Our body, C.S. Lewis says, ought to pray as well as our soul. Our body ought to pray too. Our body and soul are both the better for it. Bless the body, he says. Let me close here. Remember how much your Heavenly Father loves you. He looks at you as a complete person. He knows the spirit is willing, but sometimes the body is weak, so if you can't stay awake, you know, when you're praying, stand up. <laughs> That's what I got to do sometimes. If I'm too sleepy, I thought, okay, I'm too sleepy. I got I to gotta stand up. I tell you, sometimes I walk around the basement praying. Sometimes I come over here to the church and I walk around here and I pray. Sometimes I go down the basement and pray, you know, with my, and I have to have my eyes open or I'll get, a, you know, I'll get bruises walking into walls and things, you know. Um, no, it, it, the Lord is just wanting to commune with you. Whatever your need is, uh, whatever, however your body is expressing itself that day, whatever that need is, the Lord is willing to listen to you. Sometimes, like our bodies are weak, but our spirits are willing. So we get up and walk around so we don't fall asleep. Disciples should have done that in the garden, huh? Because they fell asleep. Sometimes our spirits are depressed. And it's just like, man, I just hardly pray today. It's best to get your body moving. Because sometimes that helps you, helps you to overcome that kind of sadness if you do a little exercise instead of just sitting in the dumps. You know what I mean? Sometimes if we're just sitting in the dumps, like I'm so depressed and down, one of the best things you can do is just start walking, get some exercise, get some of those physical chemicals going that releases some happy hormones in your happy chemicals, you know, the way God designed you. So we have to learn how to take care of ourselves, don't we? We have to learn how to take care of our bodies, how to take care of our souls, how to take care of our spirits. Amen. Sometimes we just need to rest. Sometimes we need to be with people to cheer our spirits. 
Well, let me close. You're losing so much of the treasure of his presence, loved ones, when you neglect the activity that God has made so easy. God has made prayer so easy for us. And it's such a necessity for your life. I sent this poem. It's one of my favorite poems, and, and we're done. I sent this poem to uh, one of our dear sisters here in our fellowship not too long, long ago because it reminded me of her. And uh, it's one of my favorite poems because I hope this is what is so reflective of my life. But I want to know the Lord so well that, and I want to know Him in, in prayer so well. And that's, again, that prayer fellowship is how we get to know Him better and better and through His Word as well, of course. But it goes like this. It's called uh, The Portrait of a Christian by Beatrice Cleland. Not only in the words you say, not only in your deeds confessed, but in the most unconscious way is Christ expressed. Is it a beatific smile, a holy light upon your brow? Oh no, I felt His presence when you laughed just now. To me, t'was not the truth you taught. To you, so clear, to me, so dim. But when you came to me, you brought a sense of Him. And from His light, He beckons me. And from your lips, His love is shed till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. And that is what God's goal is for us. That full measure is just becoming more and more Christ-like in our, in our character, in our spirit, in our soul, and eventually even in our body. When He comes back, we will be transformed and have a body just like His. Amen. That's His goal for us. Let's pray. Lord, thank You so very much for having big discoveries for us. We, uh, Lord, prayer is, is difficult at the beginning, and it can be difficult when we're going through battles, but You've made it so easy in a sense that we know what to do, and Your grace is sufficient to help us to pray. Lord, help each one of us to begin where we're at, to simply, to not try to be somebody else in prayer, but just to be ourselves, to be ourselves, to, to say the words that, Lord, that are on our hearts, to, to not try to be fancy, or, but, Lord, to, to just uh, express ourselves to You in honesty with what we need and with worshiping who You are. Father, help us to, to learn how to, how to adjust, how to, Lord, to... Um, do what needs to be done so that we will keep praying. Lord, if we need to stand, if we need to walk, we need to kneel, we need to uh, bow our heads, whatever it takes, Lord, that we will learn a habit of communing with you, of fellowshipping with you, pretty much on an everyday basis, Lord, a regular basis. We pray, Lord, that you will do some new things in our life because we're learning how to pray in a proper way. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. Thank you for your kind attention today. And God bless you. And uh, try to stay dry. It's going to rain some more. <laughs>